Well, Florida State hammered Duke in the end, but are the Knowles truly worthy to be considered a national title contender? You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back into another episode of Locked On Seminoles. Thank you for the everydayers that make this a great show. I am your host, Brian Smith. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Network, your team every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Make sure you check it out. It's a really cool app that I personally like to use. Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com forward slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match of up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. Prize picks. All right. This is how we have the lineup today. We're going to talk a little bit about Florida State's win over Duke. Some of the overviews, I'll go into it a little bit more on the show later this afternoon after the Associated Press poll comes out. To that point, segment three is about that as well. Segment two is the biggest piece from the game that I want to talk about. I'm just going to focus on one section. That's Florida State's rush defense. It is a huge concern. I'm going to get to that, but we got to we got to go through the game first in segment one, and then segment three is my personal AP poll projected top ten, or at least what I think it should be. We'll discuss that, and then later today I will have another podcast just talking about the AP poll and kind of how we're to the point. Let's be honest; it's right on the right on the cusp for the college football playoff committee. That's a big deal. They're about to make their projections for their first one. It's coming out in a couple weeks. Florida State needs to be ready, and they need to play well in their next game. So first off, let's just talk a little bit about it. 38-20, Knowles get the win. If you just look at the box score or just saw the screen, you're out last night, you didn't see anything of the game, you see 38-20, you're like, yeah, it's about what I thought. Did you think Florida State was going to be down 10 to nothing? Did you think Florida State was going to be down 17-7 to with this second touchdown for Duke being a pick six. Florida State did not come out well early in the game. I wouldn't say flat, flat, but they were a little bit underwhelming. I put out a tweet on the Locked On Seminoles X handle, and it just like, you know, they're we're flat here. What's kind of going on? They got going, and their talent took over, and, and quite honestly, really good play calling. Especially, I love the play call towards the end of the game, Tophili on the screen, they caught Duke flat-footed. Tremendous play call. But Florida State's talent won this game. These these are the facts. And I said this all week. I had Duke people bitching and moaning on, on Twitter and or, or, excuse me, on the YouTube page, etc. Look, it's very simple. Florida State has way more talent than Duke. And your quarterback was hurt. The backup, he's a good athlete. He's a very young and underdeveloped, at this point, quarterback based on the college level. I knew when he came in, they were toast, and they were. I questioned whether or not Riley Leonard should have played at all, but at the same time he did, and you could tell he was a sitting duck. He is a mobile quarterback, normally, that Florida State got to tee off on because he wasn't mobile with a high ankle sprain that he had sustained at the end of the Notre Dame game. Duke is not anywhere near the same team when Leonard is not a consistent threat in RPO 
quarterback designed runs or at least quarterback option type plays. They, they run a little bit of everything. Their run game is dynamic. It is fantastic. And again, we're going to get into that in, in segment two. But eventually, you have to be able to throw the football and protect. Their O-line got destroyed by Florida State and pass rush. But in just the opposite, again, the run game was good for them. It's very odd. They couldn't throw football. And a couple of the key, key stats here, this is just facts. These are straight off the stat sheet. Why Florida State kicked the bejesus out of Duke after they got kind of settled in towards midway point at the second quarter. Here we go. Passing plays. 22, 15, 30, 24, 21. Rushing plays, 13. They had two plays of 10, a 20, and a 19. Those are Florida State's explosives kind of plays. Duke, a little bit different. They had one passing play that was somewhat explosive, depending on your metric. Some people go by 15 or more yards, some by 20. Duke's biggest passing play, 18 yards. 18 yards. That's why I said Florida State was going to kick the crap out of Duke earlier this week, and it should have been worse than it was, 18 yards. I knew they weren't going to be able to throw the football. I didn't think it would be that bad. Duke's rushing attack, though, hats off. Even without a mobile Riley Leonard, even with Henry Beal in the fourth in the game, which, again, he just got thrown into the fire towards the end, they didn't have any problem running the ball. 42, 15, 13, 24, 14, and 15. Duke smacked Florida State in the mouth. Period. That is incredibly, incredibly concerning for Florida State. But you got to just first off, I just want to give a straight up congratulations to Duke's staff, the way they they schemed it up, the way they executed it, and their effort after contact. It didn't matter the running back. That's why I didn't name any players with all those runs. It didn't matter who ran it. They wanted it. And if it wasn't for that, this game ended up an 18-point game. It could have been 30-plus. Duke is not a dynamic offense anyway. They got to grind on you. Man, they, they run hard. Give them credit. Flat out, tip of the cap. That being stated, Florida State only had a few plays to key on, and they spread it around. Jaheim Bell, by the way, shout out to him too. Tremendous job. Catch the ball, make plays. They tried to take away a key player, and Johnny got hurt. Jordan Travis took off when he had just the conglomerate, if you will. For Florida State, this kicked the crap out of Duke's defense. They were on the field the entire second half. They didn't have a chance. All of that is still one thing. Florida State's a top 10 team. Duke's a borderline top 20 team. On the road, in Duke, at night, national TV, all those things that I talked about last week, they came to fruition, especially in the back half. Towards the second stanza, a little bit, and then once we got right before halftime, you could kind of see it. Florida State started really moving the football. Then in the second half, it wasn't much doubt. By the end of the third quarter, Florida State had turned it, turned it on, and then in the fourth quarter, the avalanche came. Before we go into segment two, I want you to think back to that moment when Jordan threw the horrific pick six. As a Florida State fan, and this is just open-ended, I mean, everybody can have their own opinion here. Please comment on YouTube, whatever whatever it may be. What do you think is the biggest factor in that play in terms of, okay, we're going to be okay here, or were you worried? I mean, everybody has their own opinion. I don't think there's one answer. Because it's a single play, and obviously the Knowles have a very explosive offense, and they showed it the rest of the game. Were you worried? Or was it a scenario where you're like, eh, 
we'll be okay. Just need to settle down here. We'll, we'll get it up. We'll get it going. The wagon will be rolling again here in a minute. I bring that up because in a lot of situations, it, it historically the stats prove this at college and pro level. When you throw a pick six, your chances of losing is at like 80%. But then shortly thereafter, there was this thing called a kickoff return for 99 yards for a touchdown. That helps too. So great job by Florida State. They schemed that one up. Norvell showed that clip on TV talking to the return man about, hey, make sure you switch it to your left hand. They like planned it. It was like they drew it up on a computer screen. That's phenomenal. I don't think I've ever heard that before. So congrats to Norvell and the entire special team staff. That, that is fantastic. But Florida State there for a second. They're up 17 to 7. You had to at least think for a second, didn't you, that this could be a problem. I'm just, just kind of going by it. And I don't know if anybody here is – Surprised that Florida State ended up running away with it long term, but that's that's Florida State's talent. Uh, they have tremendous options all across the board, and their defense makes a big place too. But also tremendous Athletic Brewing Company. Athletic Brewing Company is somebody that sponsors the Florida State offensive linemen. If you're going to pay attention to any sponsor of Locked On Civils, this is a good one. I had Bless Harris on the show recently. Bless a great dude. He plays tackle for the Knowles. And he made it point say, hey, you know, we're a part of a group with these guys and I really enjoy working with them. So I want to give a shout out to Athletic Brewing. It's a company that you can get Goldens, you can get IPAs, you can get all kinds of different craft beers. But their main thing is the non-alcoholic beers that they brew that are very, very good. And it's one of the reasons that Bless and those guys do it. So now time for your Game Changer of the Week brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. Much like Bless Harris, Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. So again, Bless Harris and those guys, they got it going. Let's just use them in the second half as an example in this game against Duke. Their game changer was just beating on Duke's front. They got a really good front, too. Duke's good. Florida State took it to them. Big plays in the screen game, giving Jordan Travis time and some nice runs. Uh, they, they found a way just to kind of nickel and dime them, and the dam finally broke. Hats off to the Knowles. That was fantastic. Fantastic. As for Athletic Brewing Company, you can get over 50 different styles of craft beers and non-alcoholics and all that that I talked about. And they're always bringing out new stuff. Check them out. Make sure you check out Athletic Brewing Company. It is a very cool company. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brewers at a store near you, or you can go online, athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers use code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your online order. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. All right. Segment two. This is my concerning point, and it, it just is what it is. I'm not here to sugarcoat it, and nobody here should be either. The Syracuse game, I brought this up. Florida State's rush defense got gashed a few times. To the edges, they, they would miss what we call run gap fits. Either your defender is in the right place or he's not. It's a yes or no. Now, Duke got cold call for a half dozen or so holding penalties, and there were a couple that probably attributed to a few of their runs that I mentioned a minute ago. But again, just to go over them, 42, 15, 13, 24, 14, and 15. Those are double-digit runs for the Blue Devils against Florida State. And overall, they, I think it was 195. Uh, where are we here? The leading rusher had a 110. 
and they were 197. 35 carries, 197 yards, a touchdown, a 42 yard for a long, and 5.6 yards per carry. Folks, that is one thing and one thing only. Not championship football. Not even close to championship football. Is Florida State a national title contender? Technically. How do you think if Florida State lined up against Michigan today in a neutral field, that would go? What about Georgia? You think it'd go well for Florida State's defense? After watching Duke with no freaking passing game, run it down their throat at Dope Campbell? Awkward, isn't it? It's not a matter of talent per se, but they're just failing it. You cannot give up 42, 15, 13, 24, 14, and 15. And there were several other four to eight yard runs where they just grinded out one or two. That's on Florida State's players. I know everybody's just going to throw. It's Adam Fuller's fault. It's Adam Fuller. It's Fuller, Fuller, Fuller. This is a player problem. Lack of tackling. Lack of effort. Not hustling. Herb Street pointed it out on, on the one long run early in the game. The backside DB, he just got a hustle across. They were open part of the way, not the entire, but every single step you take has to be at 100% if you are a national title contender. Florida State sure as heck wasn't last night. They weren't against Syracuse. There were a lot of sections against LSU, but at least that's LSU. Clemson ran the ball on them pretty good in sections, but they shot themselves in the foot like they did against Miami. By the way, that game is one of the bizarrest football games. I've ever seen any clips of. I watched a little bit of that in between commercials with Florida State. Holy crap. But Florida State's defense is getting run on by teams that are just okay talent-wise. And here we are, myself included, so I am first one in the, on the list to admit. First one. I failed. Right now, Florida State, in my opinion, would get run up against Georgia or Michigan. And those are the two teams that everybody's chasing, whether we want to hear it or not. Ohio State's in there too, but their quarterback play gives me a lot of pause because he's trying to throw to Marvin, which I get. But Marvin Harrison is not going to beat you by himself when you go up against a top-notch defense that could rush the passer like Florida State. You've got to be able to run the ball and do a lot of different things. That would be an interesting game between Florida State and Ohio State. Michigan, though? Georgia? Would they run for 250, 280? Florida State's offense would have to score 40 to beat either one of those teams with reduced clock against those defenses. These are just numbers. And for fun, I have a few other things up anyway. Let's just look. Let's go to 2022. This is the Georgia defense. Rushing defense for the Dogs last year. Number one in the nation, 77 yards. Let's look at 2020 Alabama. Where were they at? Alabama, they're not in the top 10. That's surprising. They could score like crazy. Georgia was number one again. That's not real surprising. Alabama was 17th. What do you think out of all of this, Florida State is? They are 76th in the nation at stopping the run. That is horrific for a team that is going for a title. 149.3. That's what they give up a game. And it's not like they're playing in the NFC East here. 
Syracuse ran for around 200. Duke just under. If Florida State doesn't fix this, and again, I know everybody's going to yell at Fuller. It's easy to yell at the coach. This is more, in my opinion, a player problem because it's not talent. It's effort. It's a basic run fits. This is high school stuff for the most part that they're screwing up because they'll have plays where they go out and just beat the bejesus out somebody and they'll run that same play again later and they'll gas and pretend. Same dudes out there. This, you know, you've already done this. Why? That's on Florida State's players. If you want to bitch about Fuller, that's a whole other discussion for another day. I'm going to do an evaluation on him as well as the rest of the coaches right here on Locked On Seminoles after the entirety of the season is over, including the playoffs, all of that. That'll be in January. Until then, I don't have any interest in it. I want to see the complete gamut. But I can tell you what they're not doing right now, and that's tackling well, getting guys to the ground before they grind out an extra yard to three yards, moving the pile. Florida State, I, I was ticked off about how poor that was on numerous runs. People don't like it. They want to yell at me. They want to comment. Go ahead. I'm not changing my opinion one iota. 197 yards rushing to Duke. Didn't have a quarterback making plays. Biggest passing play was 18 yards. You knew they were coming at you. So I, I have I have no interest in hearing about that. So that is that is that. Um real quick, locked on college football live with all the chaos of this past weekend. Holy moly, I could do 10 bonus episodes on the Tom Fury with some of these teams. By the way, Clemson, you guys think. Just want to throw that out there. You, you've just shot yourselves in the foot so much. It's the jokes about Clemsoning are going to come back. I mean, it's it's just unbelievable. That's side note, and I know I'm just throwing it in there, but that is hilarious. I think that college football, with what we're getting ready to go into, this last little segment before the college football committee, college football kickoff live. You're the locked on is going to be great. It's every Friday at 11. For an hour or so, my buddies are going to go on to that show and, and hit it up, bring in all the different people for the big games, and I can tell you what, they have plenty to talk about. If you want to get a preview before all the Saturday shows, check out Locked On's College Football Live every Friday on the YouTube channel right here or any other one you'd want to go to. If you want to check out another one, the ACC podcast, Locked On ACC, they don't have it, etc. Have at it. Um, third segment, my projection. For the AP poll, where Florida State stands, what's going on, that's coming up in segment number three. First up, before we do that, prize picks. Prize picks is a daily fantasy sports app. It is the largest in the country that is independently owned, which I think is very cool. All it is is you, not somebody else that you're competing with, you going up against the numbers and picking overs and unders on stats. For instance, Tyreek Hill, 70 yards, 80 yards, touchdown, two touchdowns, whatever it may be. There's a number you pick whether Tyreek goes up or down from that number. Two to six of them, you can be an instant winner. It's not that hard. The app is easy to download. You can find easy ways to get around and use what you think is best. You're not picking against sharp stuff. That, to me, is by far the biggest part of this because – Going up against professionals that sit around all day on spreadsheets and play the numbers and have people to help them with companies, it's probably not the easiest thing to do. So you're betting against your own thoughts and ideas. Make sure you check it out. Go to pricepicks.com forward slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match of up to $100. 
Again, that's prizepicks.com forward slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match for $100. All right. Now, third segment, this is my opinion. I don't know exactly how they're going to do it. There's a couple of teams that I'm like, man, I don't know what y'all doing, but it was hard for me to fill out. And I just did a top 10. I was so annoyed. I was going to do top 20. By this time of the year, you should be able to do one. It's so topsy-turvy that I just stopped it really at about seven. I just kind of finished it out the last few just to make it to 10. But here we go. I'm going to do a reverse countdown. And I'm shocked at the first team I'm putting in. But again, again, this is a very odd year in college football. Oregon State, stat of the day. DJ Uyungle, who transferred from Clemson. Last two games, seven touchdowns, no interceptions. Watch out for the Beebs. They're going to be a pretty difficult team to beat down the stretch. They could be a spoiler. They're, they're a team that, I don't know, maybe they knock off Oregon. Maybe they knock off somebody else. That They're a team to watch. Jonathan Smith's a very good head coach. Alabama, what in the world was that? Down 20-7 to in Bryant-Denny, turn around in the second half and just slap Tennessee in the mouth, end up winning – and, and Tennessee just folded like a tent. I thought they, I'd given them max profit, max props at halftime. Thinking, oh, they got them. They're just better today. It looked like a different football team. I have no idea what happened to them, but Alabama rolled the second half. Texas barely beat Houston, who's not a good team. I'm being very kind. 31-24. The concern here, and I don't know the severity, Ewers, the quarterback, from what I heard, was a shoulder injury. How, how long is he out? Is it extended after years and years? And I say this a lot on this podcast. I'm not going to believe anything and nothing against Sark that he says about the injury. You just don't know. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke, oh, he's playing this week. And then he didn't play against Clemson. You don't know. If he doesn't play, the other quarterbacks don't have any experience in games. Wake Murphy's talented. Texas could beat by somebody in the Big 12. Who knows? Oregon. This is a team <coughs> that I think kind of had their awakening. They probably should have beaten Washington the week before. They're a sneaky team that can still make the playoff. I think they will play Washington in the Pac-12 championship. But again, watch out for the Beavs. They've got a chance to make a run. They're kind of the team that I think could end up competing with Florida State for that last spot. Depends on how it goes. If Florida State can run the table, obviously a lot of football left. Oklahoma, they I don't know what that was, but they almost lost to UCF at home. And nothing against UCF. I used to cover that team. They're not that great. They had an extra week to prepare. Got the quarterback, John Rice Plumley back. A horrific two-point play call away from tying or winning that game. I forget. I think it would have tied. But they should have never been in that spot. UCF has no business winning at Oklahoma. They should have been a 10-point or more game. And they were ahead. I, Oklahoma was very lucky they won that game. Very, very lucky. Number five. Washington. They're finding a way to make it happen, but are they good enough to get over the hump? Defensively, I need to see more. Just saying, I know it, and look, they're the most fun team, arguably, to watch along, in my opinion, along with Washington and I would say Fort State, maybe, depending on the day, Ohio State, because Marvin's fun to watch. Those are the three most fun offenses. 
but Washington's offense, when, when Penix is rolling, it is pretty special. So I'll give them the nod, but that's top five right now is about as far as I can get. I just don't think their defense is good enough overall. I got Florida State at four. The run defense that I talked about in segment two, that's my concern. Prove me wrong. Knowles, you're, I think you're going to make it to the playoff, but right now I think you're going to get butchered in that first game unless you change your run defense. Prove me wrong. Number three, Ohio State. I don't think they're – I think they're kind of a flip-flop with Florida State because I don't think they're good enough to win it, but their defense is legit. They come up big in big moments, and Marvin gives them a chance to make a special play here or there. Ekbuka didn't play a lot, and he still ends up killing Penn State with a couple of big plays. Special player. So Ohio State, I think we'll, we'll see if they've got what it takes to win it in the Big Ten against Michigan. They might have to play them twice, blah, 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 because they could end up in the playoff. I guess that's possible. That'd be kind of interesting if Michigan played Ohio State in the playoffs. But whatever the case is, they're in there. Then I got Michigan second, Georgia first. That's not changing until something crazy happens. Michigan absolutely bludgeoned, bludgeoned Michigan State. I mean, like that game was over as soon as they kicked off. Georgia was off, but they're they're number one until until later. Uh, I'm going to do another podcast in regards to what happens with the poll. Talk a little bit more about some of the things that I think Florida State needs to do later today. And kind of go from there but crazy day in college football and it was fun kind of going through it it took me a little longer to get to this because there's so much to go through but i enjoy it and that's why i'm here so please like this podcast please subscribe and hit that notification bell share it talk to people about it if you've got a question drop me a note on youtube etc i will be happy to answer and above all else please make sure that you come back again and check us out this next couple of weeks is going to be interesting talk a lot about the polls because the AP poll is going to be different, I guarantee you, than what the college football committee has going on. So everybody have a great day. Thank you much.